I'm Molly O'Connor. And I'm Sarah Connell Sanders. And you're listening to Pop It. This is the podcast for popping questions, popping bottles, and pop culture. Sarah, I see you got a new USB adapter. <laughs> yes. It's been a long time coming. Yeah, and we <laughs> even got an upgraded one, that red box, but I need some sort of technology expert. Me. Perhaps you, to figure out what adap- attachments I need. Yeah. Oh, interesting. I will say my new thing this year, part of my duties this year is like doing tech stuff, like extra tech stuff. And um, at even like at school and I've been having this thing happen lately where like people will have a problem and I like Google it and solve it and they think I'm a genius. Yes. <laughs> and I'm I like, love it. And I'm like, cool. I would, I also did that position a while back. The ladies thought I was a genius. Yep, and yeah. I mentioned that actually to like the person who works above us, like the who's in charge of the technology for the town, and he was like, "Oh yeah, absolutely, lifelong learner, right?" <laughs> and I was like, "Yep." <laughs> you can learn anything from YouTube. Can absolutely, you? I once replaced my own cell phone. Um, what's up? The, the screen. The screen. <laughs> yeah, we're struggling today. Oh. Well, yesterday was exhausting. I guess that's why. Yesterday but was exhausting. A joyful exhaustion. Yes, it was like um, elation. <laughs> I would say, like, for sure. No offense, but like, yes, offense. Like, you know, oh I was, no, I was elated. It's the I best think, way to describe it. Yeah, the events of the last couple of weeks have made it very easy for me to express my political leanings in a way that I don't think should offend anyone. At least yep. anyone that I want to have around Absolutely. me. Absolutely, I. I think that that's, I think that a lot of people have found that, which I think is an interesting shift. I think that you, we know people like, I mean, I have a, ba- I have a background in political stuff, so like I'm more comfortable with it, I think, that way, but it has been kind of cool to see where people are like, whoa, wait a minute, like yeah. this actually is like objectively bad. Right. <laughs> and that's where I keep having conversations with kids about human rights and the downfalls of charismatic leadership Mm -hmm. and those are really easy ways to make Mm -hmm. real world connections without condemning a political party right and I think that brings us to the theme of the inauguration which was purple right everyone's dressed in purple it's that mixing of red and blue the idea of unity I mean I don't necessarily think that we should be inviting some of these people back into (laughs) polite society but I did understand the rhetorical meaning of all of that Um, I did see a clip and we will talk uh, in a little bit about some of the performances. But, like, there was a part, there was a certain camera person, I don't know who they were, who during the segment where Garth Brooks sang Amazing Grace turned the camera to Mitch McConnell at the part, at the line of a wretch like me. Oh, you know? man. <laughs> and someone was like, I respect this camera person. Uh, this Twitter verse, too. I mean, it mm. already existed in past inaugurations, but right now we have been living online for a year. Yeah, everything is definitely <laughs> more online just because people are home and people are bored. So the subtlety, you don't get away with anything anymore. You know what I mean? Every little public display will be analyzed by someone right. on the internet. Yes, and especially, for instance, when you are the outgoing president of the United States and you just bounce. Oh my God. Okay. So I I... was like teaching homeroom, but we are virtual. So I had the TV on and it really caught my attention because I heard tiny dancer playing as he's walking onto the plane. And I was like, wait a second, you know, and I've connected tiny dancer to 
Almost Famous, my favorite movie. Very positive. Yeah, or The Last Night of the Dive Bar, mm-hmm. or just any night at the dive bar. That yeah. was like an encore kind of or song. just like, I feel like Elton John in general, right? It's that vibe <laughs> of just like, it's very, it's always emotional. Yeah, but also... It carries a lot of... Right, feel mm-hmm. good and acceptance and... Trump certainly doesn't embody that. So that was no. interesting. And then he actually exited to YMCA. <laughs> he loves the YMCA. This is not even a new thing. Like he has played that the YMCA at so many like events and rallies. There's this clip of him even just like dancing to it and not doing the letter dance though. He's doing like a very weird, like it's almost like a miniature version of the single ladies, like pushing down dance. It's so interesting and odd and And i'm like is this what if you were freestyling to the cha-cha slide or something yes and it's so weird because i i don't even think of him as a person who like enjoys things besides like watching fox news right he seems like he doesn't have interests which is odd and that is the one thing where i've been like wow donald trump loves this that and macho man which they also played that one's a little more Mm self-explanatory The associations with the village people and Elton John are of gay culture. Yes. And that is definitely, I would say, a group of people, a subgroup of people that have not been in support of him. For like, for reasons that are like uh, related to his own actions, right? It's Correct. like a cause and effect. Yes, very odd. You know, they were showing him getting onto, was it a helicopter plane whatever it was he did like a couple because he had to go from the white house right to to the the air force one and then yes and then like leave and there is one particular clip of him and i'm I'm not sure who was speaking it was a woman's voice on cnn and at one point she just is like there he goes he just (laughs) looks so small he just looks like a small man and i feel like that summed it up i'm just like yeah he looks like a small man Oh, yes. And I shouldn't, I'm definitely in MCAS mindset. I said subgroup, but what I meant was a community. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) So let's get right into the inauguration, though. And we'll start with our pop culture passion, fashion. This is something I actually was talking to our friend AJ Sitaro of Sweet Jane's the other day because I had messaged her about the the coat that Kamala had worn the night before the inauguration. It was like a camel yes. coat. And then she and I were just having a conversation about like historically how, especially first ladies, but now like the vice president, which is really, really cool, have just been sort of like dressed and huh, the significance, I mean, going back to like Jackie Kennedy, right? Mm-hmm. Of just like the executive office's influence and impact on fashion. Jackets in particular. Yeah, well, it was cold. And they said they didn't want the fashion to take center stage, but it was a really easy way to get across a subtle message or a message that people would be receptive to. Mm -hmm. So you mentioned that camel coat that Kamala Mm. wore. The designer is Christopher John Rogers, Mm -hmm. and that's a black-owned brand. And also he had been one of the ones that pivoted really quickly at the start of the pandemic to make PPP. PPE. Yes. <laughs> All the acronyms. Um, Personal protective equipment. Yeah. So like that, I think absolutely was like, there were levels sort of to that, which is, I think, very cool. When you say too, like they didn't want it to be overshadowing. And that came across too, where it was really like, they were statement pieces and they were colorful pieces, but it wasn't... Um, they were simple in their way too, right? Like all these beautiful jackets, they would, most of them were just like a shade, like one shade and very just like bold and bright, but yeah, very beautiful and sort of then focus on what was 
happening. Yeah, there was like elegance and simplicity. Mm-hmm. Um, we mentioned the color purple was very prominent, mm. and I think that that is a symbol of unity, the mixing yeah. of the right and the left. Purposeful, definitely. Yeah. Uh, Biden was in this suit. It was Ralph Lauren. We've talked about our love for Ralph Lauren yeah. before. But it was so well tailored, which was such a contrast to what we've seen from Donald mm-hmm. Trump for the last four years that it really stood out. Yeah, like very just like classic menswear design. You texted me as soon as Jill Biden walked down those stairs. You just texted, Jill is so hot. She is. I have always been a Jill Biden fan since, you know, since 2008, since like way back when. Because I remember just learning about her and how she was like a community college educator and it's so cool. But I really, every time I see her, I'm like, whew, look at her. <laughs> she lo- She's just, she's great looking. My students did um, a photo analysis today with all the pictures that were published in the New York Times mm. of the inauguration. And they did a tremendous job, but they were just blown away by the idea that she's going to continue to teach. They were all like, what if you were at your first day of college and the first lady was your professor? Yeah. And I thought that was so cool. And also... Kamala's husband is going to teach at Georgetown. So we got two teachers. It's very cool. Yeah, I think it is a new world where even though a woman is not the president, right? Obviously, we have a woman vice president, but it is also a new world where, like, the first lady is working in a traditional sense, not, like, obviously being first lady comes with a lot of, historically, a lot of, like, responsibilities where they... you know, traditionally will take up causes and be diplomatic representative for the country in different ways. But we've never really had a first lady who like worked at their job. Right. Who maintained a full-time job. Yes. She is not just going to be a figurehead in charge of planning parties and decorating for Christmas, Mm -hmm. i.e. Melania. Um, Well, she, she objected to those duties. Perhaps Dr. Biden will enjoy decorating for Christmas. We can imagine even... But yes, that I she's think very so. cool. <laughs> so there were some people that just looked, like we said, so chic, so mm-hmm. elegant. And then there was, oh, I'm sorry. I have a new addition to the family, and <laughs> he's wrong? crying a little bit. <gasps> Come here, Winnie. No, nope. boy. Come here. It was really fun to have my friends over for an outdoor gathering on Sunday. It was We built a fire, and we braved the cold, and that way um, they could meet my new puppy, Winnie. And that's where our beverages today come from. Miss Joy Flanagan provided some Bloody Marys. Yeah. Popping bottles, mason jars of Bloody Mary mix. Ah, but the anti-chic, Mr. Bernie Sanders. Oh, my God. I love it. (laughs) Someone did a post, too, that was, like, the starter pack, and it was, like, all things that were, like, over $500. And I was like, there is no way those clothes cost him that much. Only because he is a man... Who, like, in a photo of Bernie Sanders' living room, like, his current living room where he and his wife live, like, he has a clothes chair. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, like, that he was has a clothes cha- chair yeah. before you got here. He has, like, a, it's, like, usually, like, a, it's not, like, a full recliner, maybe, like, a smaller recliner or just, like, a chair, like, a decorative chair in a living room that's covered in clothes. He has one of those, like, stars that are just like us in a very real way, I think, when it comes to Bernie. It wasn't that he, he even looked, like, frumpy. He was just, like, very, you know, very New England chill. dad. Very New England, very um, function over fashion. But it was cold. Yeah, so it was a, a Vermont coat. It was Burton. Mm-hmm. And then the mittens he wore were knit by a teacher. Upcycled. So lots of educator love right now. We, yes. We gotta love that. Absolutely. I think, and that also leads us to the Secretary of Treasury, of the Treasury, I was going to say incoming, but I guess now, like, she is the Secretary of the Treasury, Janet Yellen, 
straight up had just like a blanket on her. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, like you got to keep warm, man. If you don't have to actually like do anything, right? Like get up and have like a duty, get comfy, get cozy. I think that was the ticket to our outdoor gathering Sunday too. It was so good to see all you guys, but we all had blankets and mm-hmm. that was key. Just like giant. Yes. So, I am about that life. One of the standouts in terms of fashion for me, so when I couldn't take my eyes off, was someone I didn't even know. It's Kamala's stepdaughter. Ella, right? Ella Emhoff, yeah. Yeah, she looked cool. She was in this Mew Mew coat with these crystals on her shoulders. She is a Jewish woman, and so there was some sort of throwback to a Jewish fashion house I was reading, too. Oh, that's like, cool. Like, with her dress. And yeah. so, I don't know, she just looked compelling like um, you couldn't stop looking at her she was exquisite i have also heard speculation that the like the bejeweled shoulder she's she attends parsons mm-hmm. school of design and there was some speculation that she had done that herself i'm not sure if that's the case so i don't want to like you know break any news, break any news but oh yeah sarah do you have carpet cleaner <laughs> hi baby boo Okay, so we were talking about Kamala's stepdaughter. I didn't realize she was a fashion student, but that makes sense. Because she looked so cool. Yeah, right? (laughs) And then also, we can't forget Lady Gaga. Oh, yes. Real Hunger Games Um, vibes. Yeah, she looked great. She, I think, is of all of our, like kind of high tier superstars she is one who I feel does a very very good job of like catering to the moment right and like understanding when it's time to be like meat dress and when it's time to be like a person with of like with gravitas and she famously treats her outfits like art forms so Mm -hmm. like she's almost unrecognizable sometimes from one event Mm. to the next Mm -hmm. and that is part of her persona as an artist but this time, yeah, she had this dove pin and then this red skirt. It was beautiful. Um, it was like a balloon skirt, and she just gave off these Hunger Games vibes where yeah, you started to think like... Total, total Mockingjay. Yeah, this is, you know, mm-hmm. we're finally regaining control of our country, and we're going to create a solemn and yes. humane place. Yes, it was It was over the top in a way, but not in, not in a... It didn't, there was no, like, taste issue. It was, like, it was her, but it was also, like, right. I thought it was really beautiful. You mentioned Garth Brooks. I love Garth Brooks. So I will give you a little background on my relationship to Garth Brooks, which is that I grew up, I think, and I think this is true of most, like, New Englanders not listening to any country music, really, at all. I knew who Garth Brooks was because he was, like, the biggest star in America for quite a while, like, in the 90s. Um, and I always love, like, Friends in Low Places. Yes. Um, and he always seemed like a nice guy. And then I started dating someone who, like, grew up listening to country music. And, you know, being, being from a cornfield in Michigan. <laughs> um, and I still don't really like the music. Garth Brooks in particular, I really, really um, am fond of just as, like, a personality, as an artist, like, as, like, a, you know, as a, an artist, as a persona. And he is... I, I don't know why people were, there were some fans of his who were surprised that he agreed to sing at this inauguration, which is ridiculous because he sang at um, one of Obama's events. And he also, like, in 1992, released a song that was pretty explicit in its, in its acceptance of gay people. And that was a huge deal. 
there's a documentary that came out about Garth a couple months ago on Netflix where you kind of get to know him better and he's he's a very emotional person which was what I loved about his performance is that he sometimes seems like a Will Ferrell character he's super over the top but he's very sincere in a way that's like almost like that man's so earnest again I just you know I liked that there we weren't representing all of the major fashion houses right People came from a variety of small designers, mm-hmm. and we didn't want to make the clothes the main character of the and event. Garth Brooks was wearing jeans, yes, <laughs> and he walked out, and it was totally cool. It was fine. Like you got Bernie in his old man getup, yep. you got Garth Brooks in jeans, and then you got J Lo in this white Chanel suit, and you're just like, wow, what is happening? This is America, here? absolutely. And Garth, I noticed kind of after he finished singing sort of like raced away and I very firmly believe that the reason for that is that he was in tears he cries about everything he's like he's like a constant crier but I thought that was kind of just like a fun little you know something different obviously like J-Lo and Lady Gaga sort of I think represent a particular type of music and whatever you know population or fan base so right that was like millennial Gen X, mm-hmm. and then he skewed older, I would say. I think that, well, I think Gen X are, like, is his, like, fan base, but not in the way that maybe we think of when we relate Gen X to, like, Reality Bites. Like, there was a whole other section of people in the country who's, like, that's their right. icon. And certainly country music has a lot of ties to the Republican Party. Yes, um, and so. he, in at least in my perspective, is a, is a, at least, in the very least, a small-D Democrat, which means he definitely... I think that he is a Democrat. <laughs> what about the speeches themselves? I mean, it was a strong contrast between the footage we saw two weeks ago at the Capitol. Yes. And yesterday's uh, really planned out situation. The kids today were like, wow, it was so weird. It was like this huge thing. And then it was just over. And yeah. I was like, well, every second had been planned for right. a reason, you know? Um, and I think this year it is, it's very different from we're used to inaugurations. Well, up until 2016, we are used to inaugurations where there are hundreds of thousands of people in the streets too, which can, you know, having an audience of like a crowd like that can change the tempo or whatever, um, or the dynamic. And I think, the fact that there was not the normal crowds there did make it very, like, you know, cut and dry as far as just how they were able to go through it, which is kind of refreshing. Yeah, I would say <laughs> there's only one moment where they really fed off energy, mm-hmm. and everyone's talking about it, the poet Amanda Gorman. Oh, my God. So I was watching it with my roommate, our friend Zoe, and... I was like, fine, up until the part where she mentioned that the scripture says that everyone will sit under their own vine and fig tree. I'm going to cry right now. (laughs) That is a line that was used very, very frequently, that was cited very, very frequently by George Washington. Not that I'm like, oh, George Washington, I don't know. She got to that part and I was like, oh no, and I just started crying. I just, and I also like that particular line to me, I just think is very beautiful as like a line of scripture. And I'm like not a religious person. There was sort Um, of a passing of the torch mm -hmm. too, where in 1996, Oprah had given Maya Angelou a pair of earrings. Yes. And I think she wore a Prada jacket as well. And then Amanda Gorman wore earrings she got from Oprah Mm -hmm. and also wore a Prada jacket. Yes. And Oprah wrote on Instagram, like, how she was like, I have, you know, never seen anything like this. I'm so proud of you. Maya Angelou would be proud because 
you know, the two of them were very, very close. But yeah, I thought the whole thing was beautiful. The vine and fig tree is also was one of two. So it is it is from scripture. It is something that George Washington cited often. It was one of two references or allusions to Hamilton as well. I'm like a theater kid, so obviously there's that part of it. But for me, it's just like she was obviously very inspired by that work and by the cadence of it, um, which I think is very cool. But the other one was there's a motif in Hamilton that says history has its eyes on you. Mm-hmm. And I like how she sort of turned that too and said history has its eyes on us. I I really loved it because I thought it was a beautiful poem, period. But I really liked that she was reverent of the idea of America and being American, but also maintained the idea that, like, we have to be responsible for the direction that we take and for uh, our past. And I thought that was really remarkable. The line I wrote down that really moved me, it said, the dawn is ours before we knew it. Somehow we do it. Somehow Mm. we've weathered and witnessed a nation that isn't broken but simply unfinished. I think that is, yeah, I... I thought it was just the whole, the whole entire poem was so yeah. beautiful. That is really beautiful. I immediately followed her on Instagram and I guess yes. that happened with everyone yesterday. She went from like a couple thousand followers to millions. Oh yeah. So we used to joke for our OG listeners. We used to say like, Rosie, come on, pop it. And I did a tweet that was like, it, at like in the afternoon still, like an hour after it happened, I was like, Amanda Gorman, come on, pop it. <laughs> Amanda Gorman, come on, pop it. To me, that was this that poem and her performance of it was the star of the show. And that's not to say that it overshadowed what was happening, but I think that it was it was the zeitgeist, right? It was like that was the perfect sort of encapsulation of where we are and then how we move forward. Yes, I felt like in Biden's speech, I was most moved. It was kind of a throwaway line, you know, but it really stuck with me. It said, politics doesn't have to be a raging fire destroying everything in its path. Every disagreement doesn't have to cause total war. And I thought if you didn't get that when Biden gave his address, like when she performed that poem, you got it. You know, things really came into focus. Yep. And I think something that has been a struggle for regular people, but also just for the country in the last four years has been like accountability too. And, like, looking at where the fires are coming from, right? Where the wars are getting started and then who is kind of then, who's starting the wars, the political wars, and then trying to say, I didn't do that. I didn't have a part of that. And so I think that is, I think it is, it's a great point because he says it doesn't have to be this way. And so it's almost also like turning it on those folks who maybe are responsible for drumming up that sort of drama and being like, stop, (laughs) don't be like this, you know? Absolutely. And I thought the uh, evening event, that I referred to it as the Tom Hanks extravaganza. It was. I I called it the supplementary (laughs) inaugural celebration. I thought that that was sort of spare so that you could think about his message to a point. And then Bon Jovi came on, and I was like, wait, what? There was, like, a live feed of Bon Jovi. John John Bon Jovi. On a pier in Florida. He just looked, like, the last time I saw him, he was a sex symbol. And when I saw him, he's just really aged. It's been a while. I was going to say, I still still think John Bon Jovi's pretty hot, (laughs) but that's, that's like, my own separate issue. But I thought um, that didn't really fit the vibe. Um, Bruce Springsteen totally got it. I felt like yes. he fed right into the message. Well, it and was... that like is his whole thing, right? Is like he's he's the the working man. He is he's you. He's me, and he's also like 
especially I think in the last 20 years, especially since 9-11, he's moved into sort of like a healer space, right? Where before, and it's, his music is still very, very personal and it's still very much like carries the messages that it always had. And even like, I mean, you can go back to like, his, he's done protest music, but I think post 9-11, he's sort of kind of fallen into this as he's gotten older, that space of like really trying to be the the conscience of like what we are capable of, like the potential of like the everyman in the United States. Yes, and I do feel like his appeal is wide, right? It crosses mm-hmm. parties. Absolutely. Chris Christie is a, an absolute super fan. I bet he is. He has been ignored <laughs> on more than one occasion in person by Bruce Springsteen because he's like, wow, you really screwed my state up. But that's a different story. Theater kids, back to theater kids. Mm-hmm. I always know when someone is either singing is singing season on seasons of love on TV because there's like a bat signal that comes on and like Twitter. All of a sudden, people are like, "Oh no, the drama kids are here!" And I'm like, "They must be singing Rent," and they were. But that, I mean, that song is. I, I, it's overplayed, but it's also like, it does move people. Oh, yeah. And if ever there was a day for yeah. overplayed, I'll take absolutely. That. But Katy Perry too. Little on the nose to accompany an enormous fireworks display. But that was cool, too, because, you know, they didn't get their big moment in the sun. And so Mm -hmm. it was something. Yeah, just you still had to have that big celebration. Tom Hanks is, I believe, representative of the best of us. And I don't mean that just as Americans. I mean that as like humanity. Obviously, I think a lot of people feel that way. Right. And we know that he's so charming and we know that he's appealing and by all accounts is is kind of who he he appears to be um but one thing that was really cool last night was there was a i don't know if it was like leaked or if it was just on like a c-span feed or whatever but there was his mic check his mic check the audio like a minute and a half of the tom hicks mic check was on the internet and it's really just it's demonstrative of the charm that he has where he's saying things like attention Godzilla is coming and Avengers assemble so he's going that route but then you can hear him sort of interacting with the folks like the actual crew right in the background and he is so professional and I don't mean that in a sense of just like being polite and whatever I mean that in a sense of like he understood exactly what he needed to do where he needed to be he asked questions to double check where he was and I was just like this guy like man what a pro right well and he knows it's really a one-shot mm-hmm. deal and he all of America is going to be watching yep so he's the guy he's the guy you call the best part I will say of because I think we say I'll have Sarah add in a little clip of that he starts off by doing like regular tests and he says sibilance the sibilance <laughs> Check, check one, sibilance, Which sounds like a crazy nonsense to people who are just hearing it, if you don't know, but he, there is a sketch from Saturday Night Live that he was in where he played a roadie for Aerosmith in Wayne, like in a Wayne's World sketch, and that is what he keeps saying. His like roadie character keeps going to the microphones. This is like 30 years ago. He keeps going to the microphones. So he's like skinny Tom Hanks, like, sibilance, sibilance. Um, and I just love that. That must be like his thing, right? That he like carries with him now. 
And you got it right. I was wondering. I'm like, well, maybe Biden's a huge Tom Hanks fan. I don't know. But you're right. He's someone you can count on. Oh, and yeah. someone America loves. And we know he was the first public figure <laughs> yeah. to come out and say COVID is quite real. Oh, yes. There yeah. was. I don't know if you saw. I think it was everywhere, though. People on Twitter were like, give Tom Hanks a, a warmer coat. Everyone just was like, oh. he looks so cold. Is he okay? Which I think is wonderful. But... They weren't. They very much were acknowledging and celebrating the differences in different communities and stuff like that. But just the idea that like we can be something better than what we have been, right? right? And the, the emphasis four. is on our shared experience, not on the things that divide us. Right. I think an important part of that is taking into account that like sometimes a shared experience isn't literally shared, and sometimes it's empathy, and sometimes it's compassion. I don't know. I think that's a beautiful note to end. <laughs> yeah. We are talking next week to Cassie Guy Hamilton, who grew up just a couple yeah, blocks from I'm here. So and now she's like this big wig chef. Yes. Um, she was the executive food and beverage director for Equinox, like the huge gym conglomerate. That I always think of like when I think of Equinox, I think of like post Sex in the City Aiden. Yep. That's what I was going to say, Sex in the City. Hit up Equinox. Yeah, but specifically, like, not all of them, but some of them. (laughs) Like, I feel like he was really crunchy, but it is, and like, but in, and it is kind of corporate, but in its own way, he's like, yeah, I'm taking care of my, I'm going to Equinox. I'm going to (laughs) get shakes and stuff. I'm going to get an acai bowl. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. That is really cool. She wrote a really cool cookbook that encourages people to make room for dessert, Mm -hmm. and I always like that. (laughs) I am absolutely out for that. I'm very excited to talk to her. Um, the book is called Clean Enough, right? Yeah, that I am right. a big proponent of like eating a healthy dinner. I will eat. I will often have some salad and like a grain and whatever and some tofu, and then I will just like eat half a bag of Funyuns. And it's like you know what? Everything in moderation. Exactly. So I'm I'm about <laughs> that life. Um, yeah, I'm very excited to talk with her. I sorry, we keep I keep giggling at the dog. I know he seems a little bit distressed by the mirror. Yes, he's never seen himself before. Yeah. I'm just realizing that too. Yep. He's looking at himself in the mirror. He must think it's his siblings. Oh, it's like where have you guys been? Oh, there he oh. goes again. Okay. Yes. I've been Sarah. I've been Molly. The dog's peeing. Bye.